as I shared about last Sunday, um, the word of God is this thing, and uh, <clears throat> we are privileged that we're living in a place where we have access to the word of God, okay? Not other places, uh, you're not allowed to own a Bible or so on. And, uh, and it's so important you understand, this is the word of God, okay? It's, uh, it's not that God showed me or God gave me this better than me all about you. No, that's, no, this is the word of God. Anything that contradicts the, the Bible is, is not the word of God, okay? I, many, many years ago, I read this uh, book and um, know that in, in Hebrew, that just like in, in Latin, that uh, letters are also numbers. Okay, so uh, Latin uh, letters are like M. I think M is thousand, isn't it? Uh, X is ten, and whatnot. And uh, there was this uh, Russian scientist, and the way he came to faith was that when he first time he received the Bible, you know, a Hebrew Bible, he didn't read, he didn't see words, he saw numbers. Because it's the same, and then what, what amazed him was that every line in the Hebrew Bible, when you start putting them together, it comes up with a value of seven. Every line, every, every time the name of Jesus was mentioned, every time, no, sorry, no, every time the name of God was mentioned in it, it was the numerical value of seven. And uh, when it was the devil, Satan, and so on, it was always the number of six. And, uh, and that Revelation, you know, when he saw that, he just realized it is only the Holy Spirit who can write a book like that. You know, yes, there are many different people who are writing the Bible. We have many authors but, uh, who have been entrusted with it, but they did not write their opinions. They wrote what the Holy Spirit showed them. Amen. And I'm telling you, you can trust the Word of God above anything else. Don't trust the newspaper, okay? What was true yesterday is completely not true today and so on and so forth. But the Word of God is that whatever situation you're in, go to the Word of God first. Amen. And uh, I'll just start out again with the scripture that I started out with last uh, in John chapter 7, 38. John chapter 7. And uh, when I became a Christian, everyone said to me, you need to read the Gospel of John first. Okay? And uh, the more I think about it, you know, John, before he became a Christian, he was one part of what we call the, the sons of thunder, which means I think it indicates he was a very hot-tempered man. Can you mention you you call the sons of thunder? But when he met Jesus, he became the beloved. Amen. And you know what? As as you heard me say before, it's so funny when I realized that when everyone when we talk about John, we say, "Oh, he's the disciple that Jesus loves." Until I realized Matthew didn't say it, mm -hmm. Luke didn't say it, Mark didn't say it, John said it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Moses, he wrote, I am the most humble man. Could you imagine? Look, have you heard we had a competition in Denmark many years ago in the church where about they wanted to find the most humble man in the church community. So it was a big competition. And um, so it's like a selection thing. And then finally, the guy who won was from our church. 
So when he he became he was voted as the most humble man. So we asked him to come up and share. I said, I, I won. I'm the most humble man competition and I'm so proud of it. <laughs> I'm so proud of I'm the most humble man. Amen. <laughs> and anyway, if you found John chapter 7 and uh, 38, say, uh, let me say 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, now notice here, just with, I just seen it, in the last day, you know, when you hear Christians today talking about the last days, it's all about doom and gloom and Antichrist is going to come, this, that and the other, there are rumors of war, blah, 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 and you carry on. Now hear Jesus say, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man first, let him come unto me and drink. Basically, if you have a spiritual need, come to Jesus. At what, it, what, at what does it mean about drinking? It means read the word of God. Amen. We, whatever situation you're in, you know, you know, from a natural mind, just go to the Bible. And when you start reading the word of God, now you're drinking. Okay. Now, suddenly you'll see through that process when you're reading, suddenly something will pop up to you. And that is God speaking to you. That is God's answer to you to what you should do in that situation that you find yourself in. If any man first, let him come unto me and drink. He would believe it on me. And again, this is what I want you to see. As the scripture have said. He would believe it in me as the scripture have said. He would believe it in me as the scripture have said. Do you know what? One thing we need to, we can learn from the Jewish people, they, you know, that during the Holocaust, when the, when the Nazis burned down the synagogues and also, you know, that for, for, for many Westerners, Christian, they, they, they found it astonishing that these rabbis, when, they, when, they, when the synagogue was burning, these rabbis would run into the synagogue and basically sacrifice their life to protect the Torah. Why? Because the Torah is God. God, you know, John talks about the word became flesh. You know, this is the way they see the word of God. This is God. You know, so it's not just a book. It's not a manual. It's not a, a, a coaching thing or whatever. This is God. Amen. And this is so important to have that attitude to it because if you don't have that attitude to it, you will read it as you will read any other book. But when you start opening the word of God, you have to have the heart and mindset that says, now God speaks to me. When I became a Christian, we said, spend time with God. You know, how do I spend time with God? Where is he? Okay. Until I realized that when you spend, the way you spend time with God is reading the word of God. Because this is God. Amen. It's not about a, a warm, fluffy feeling needs to come upon you. And you need to feel good or whatever. You can feel God when you're hurt. No, you, as I said, you can't feel God. Okay? If you close your eyes, you can't feel me. You, know, you can't feel anyone. But you know, you know, the way you spend time with God is you reading the Word of God. And that's where you're drinking, as Jesus said, if any man first. So, and the best way to start, I always do myself, is I just go to the book of Psalms and then when I just start reading the Psalms and then suddenly something pops up and say, and I know now this is what God wants me to do. Now, now I'm acting upon it. Now it manifests. 
Amen. So, but if any know, so he that believe it on me, as the scripture have said. So what, if you want to know Jesus, you need to know the scripture. Amen. So when I became a Christian, I, I someone said, Kurt, you're very blessed when I became a Christian because you know nothing. So I, I didn't understand at the time until I realized what the person meant was I didn't have any kind of religious uh, baggage behind me, uh, ideas about how God was. If you know, if you come from a Catholic church, you think Jesus got blue eyes and blonde hair. Uh, you know, when, when I, 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 my approach to the Bible was just if, it's, if, if I see it, I just do it. Okay, there was no, you know, every denomination, they, if you speak to most people in the denomination, they will say to you, oh, we don't believe in this, and we don't believe in that, we don't believe in this. I, I came to the word of God and said, I just believe it. So he said, are you blessed? Okay, so just take the word of God and say, this is what it says. And so when I became a Christian, I knew nothing. As, as I told you many times when the preacher said, uh, turn to this book, or turn to that. So I had to spend a lot of time just knowing the so-called what I call the logistics of the Bible. I need to know what books are Old Testament, what books are New Testament. I need to know where the books are. You know, this is not hard. But what it did was it helped me to build a structure in terms of now I know how God speaks. So I so when so when I, I so 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 that helped me to to work the word, so to speak, because I had the structure in it. And it takes effort. Okay, and but I they don't do that anymore. But in the olden days, it used to be that you learn to memorize scriptures, but you know by heart. Okay, and I was so impressed about people who just quote one verse after another and all. But you know what? None of them learned it by without putting an effort into it. So the only verse I learned was Luke one thirty seven. I thought that was sufficient. There's nothing impossible with God. I thought that covers all areas. Okay, I don't need to know all that. As long as I know there's nothing impossible with God. And the key word was with God. Everything is impossible without God. But the good thing about it is you don't need to be without. You know, the Bible says that anyone who calls upon his name, anyone shall be saved. But here again it comes to he who believes on me as the scripture has said. Not as my culture have said, not as my experience have said, not as my denomination have said, not as whatever you have heard over the years, no, as the scripture have said, okay? He that believed on me as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Uh, in the 70s, when we started new churches, it was very popular to call the churches oasis. Okay, like so, so what the image was that the world here is a desert and you are an oasis. Okay, and what is an oasis is it's a reservoir of water in a dry place. And uh, basically, what happened if you're in a desert, now I've never been in a desert, but I read about it, that you plan your journey according to how around the oasis so that you can drink because without water, you can't survive. And it's the same thing in life, churches, you and I as Christians, we should be attractive to other people. Why? So that they can come and drink the word of God from us. Now, living water, not, not doom and gloom water, living water. Do you know Jesus, he, the only people Jesus rebuked was the Pharisees. 
And the Pharisees was both uh, similar to what you can call the church today. That they thought they knew, they had knowledge of the scripture, but they had no revelation of the scripture. Okay? You know, they, they approach the, the word as something you study for knowledge instead of you approach the word that you approach it not for studying, but for fellowship. Amen. And, and that's what we are supposed to do. But when you and I, we read the word of God, you are fellowshipping with Jesus. Now Jesus speaks to you. That's why it's not about your intellect. It's not about your knowledge. It's about, it's, as we say in the world, it's, it doesn't matter what you know. It's about who you know. Amen. And uh, you, can be, you can be the brightest person in the world, but if you, cannot, <laughs> if you cannot fellowship with people, no one cares about how much you know. You know, everyone, you'll see everyone who's made anything out of life, somewhere down the line, someone gave them a break. They gave them an opportunity. But we, we grow up in this working class culture where just work hard, just work hard, and just work hard, just work hard. And when we think, well, you just work hard, and then every success will just come to you. No. Because there are many people who have worked very, very hard, but never got a break. Okay? You know, you, know, you, are, you and I, we're not, uh, you're not paid your salary according to how hard you work. You're paid according to the responsibility you take upon you. That's why, you know, a CEO for a big company, he earns a lot of money, but he might not work as hard as the guy who, who do the ropes, okay, physically. You know, I don't know if they do. I remember I saw some of these old men who all they've been doing is they've been bricklayers. When they got old, they couldn't hold a newspaper because their hands were shaking all the time, okay? And they worked hard, but the reward was not a lot. But so. So of course you have to work hard, but, but don't fall into a trap and believe, just work hard, just work hard, and then success will come my way. No, there are many, there is no such thing as a silver bullet that if you just do that one thing, everything will fall into place. No, it's a combination of things. But, the, but I noticed one thing that people who are very, who have breakthroughs, who are successful, they all have one thing in common. They are people who can get along with people. Amen. It is so important, you know, some people say, I still know this over the years, they say, I don't care what people think of me. Actually, those are the ones who cares the most. Of course you should care about what people think of you. Because no one, none of us can make it on our own. Amen. So, as, so he would believe it on me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And as I said to you last Sunday, this is not the Holy Spirit. This is what the charismatics, they, they preach this verse and say, oh, so, so they, they think I pray. So they use this scripture so for, 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 for when we pray in the spirit and so on. No, that's not what it is. The rivers of living water, that's the word deposited in you coming out of your mouth, out of your actions. Now that becomes rivers. Amen. When it's rivers of living water, every, as I said, every time you see the word water is a metaphor for the word, not for the Holy Spirit. The metaphor for the Holy Spirit is wine or fire. Amen. And it's so important because, you know, like someone comes to you, <coughs> someone who's hungry comes to you and you say, they don't get filled. Okay. No, but if you are deposited with the word of God and I, I, someone comes with the same need to you, you can say, 
My God supply all you need according to your riches. Call upon Him, and He will come. So now, you, now if that person respond to what you just said, now that's rivers of living water coming out of you. Amen. Is that so, so many times we say we just pray in tongues in that way without having this because we don't understand this scripture. And that's why if you want to be a reservoir and oasis, rivers of living water is coming out of you. You need to believe on him as the scripture has said. And the only way you can believe on him as the scripture said is that you read the scripture. And it's, and it's so important that you don't just read the scripture when you feel like it. You make it a discipline. Okay? Say, I'm reading the word of God every single day. Now what happens is you need to drink. You probably know that better than I do. How many liters of water do we have to drink every day? So, uh, okay, you know, every day. So, it's the same with the Word of God. Today is the day of salvation, not yesterday. Faith comes by hearing. Faith does not come by having heard. We know we, we can't live on yesterday's success. We can only live on today. Amen. Today, the Jewish people in the desert, they tried to do it. So they went out to collect the manna. And because they were slaves, what, what do slaves think is never enough. So, they, and God had said to them, just collect for today. But because we were slaves, they thought, just in case there's nothing tomorrow, we, we, we collect for tomorrow too. But the thing was that it went bad. And that's the image of that, you know, today is the day of salvation. I cannot live on yesterday's victory, yesterday's knowledge, yesterday's word or whatever. I need a word today. And that comes through fellowship. And fellowship is not like, oh, that someone, oh, no, God is here. But, you know, as you're seeing. No, God is here all the time. Amen. You know, you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, remember. He, he does move in and out. Next time, can you imagine God say, I'm sorry, I'm on holiday. See you in three weeks' time. No, when you're not the temple. Temple is where you're consistent. Amen. But now in the New Testament, what happened when Jesus died upon the cross? The veil into the Holy of Holies was torn. But you know what is amazing about it? It was torn from the top down, not from the down up, which means it was God who opened it. Amen. It was God who invited you. And now the Apostle Paul elaborated on that. He said, now you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now, if a Jewish people, the high priest could go in once a year. But now you can have the Holy, you are the temple, you're in the Holy of Holies 24, 7, 365 days a year. But because of this charismatic rubbish there, we're thinking, oh, now we'll come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. No, He's here. But you can see, so, but if you start, he keep hearing, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, and so on, when you, 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 you start getting an understanding of that He's someone who comes and goes. That's why you have faith, oh, God seems far away. It, no, He's here. Because if he's not here, you're not the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not the temple of the Holy Spirit, there's something wrong. So let me say, the Bible is not true. Yeah, but I can't feel anything. It doesn't matter what you feel. 
Feeling is what uh, feelings is included in what the Bible talks about. Reflects. Now you and I, we can be in the same situation and feel opposite, depending on what natural circumstances we have come from. So two people can have the same challenge. One can see an opportunity. Others see a problem. Amen. So don't rely on anything in the natural. Rely upon the word of God. If the Bible says, by his stripes I have been healed, believe that more than believing, oh, 90% of people with that diagnosis, they die. 90% with that and the other. Okay. No, don't believe that. Believe the word of God. And that leads me to, if you go to James chapter 4, verse 7. So having said, this is where I carry on from last Sunday. I didn't get to. James, you know, that when I came to, I didn't know in English you translate names. So when first time I came to a church, it said, turn to James. And um, I couldn't find it. Because in, in the Danish Bible, you know, his name is not James, you know. His name is Jacob. Okay, so when I came... I couldn't find it. I couldn't find Where is James? Uh, I couldn't find uh, I couldn't find James. Now I can't find James right now, but it's a good thing I can quote it. <laughs> As a, Submit yourself, went to God, and then resist the devil. Now, many charismatics, many Christians, they like resist the devil. Resist the devil. But you know, that's not the important part here. The important part is submit yourself. You know, the power does not lie in you and I, so to speak. It lies in our relationship with him. Submit yourself. Submit yourself. The first thing is, before you do anything, make sure your relationship is right. Amen. What I mean by that, make sure is something that you are supposed to do. Jesus said, I only do what my father has shown me. Do you know what is interesting? He didn't say, I only do what my father has taught me. No, he, what he's shown me. That talks about you need to have a relationship. Amen. Relationship. Not, not knowledge. You, know, you cannot defeat the devil with your, with your knowledge. But you can defeat the devil when you submit yourself to God. Submit yourself. The first thing is you say to God, no, you need to, am I a part, am, am I a part of something? I'm, I'm, and you know, you're not a lone ranger. Is this what God has asked me to do? It, like when I, you know, in the 90s, there was a lot of people I met. Oh, uh, you know, now I got so old, so now, you know, time is a good judge. So there was a lot of Christians at that time. So oh, let's say, God told me I should study new age so I can expose it. I should study this or the devil, whatever, always. But, but God never told them that. God never said, study the devil. God never said, study the works of the devil. No, Acts 10.38 said Jesus he came to destroy the works of the devil, not study it. Okay? Destroy. And But the thing is, because we're living in a society where we think knowledge is power. No, in the kingdom of God, it is relationship that is power. And now many of these people, they've just gone completely crazy. Why? Because when you start exposing yourself to the works of the devil, 
he will take advantage of you. That's why submit yourself. Your strength does not lie in your knowledge. Your strength lies in, I'm close to him. Amen. That you're close to him. That's why you know, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runs into it and shall be saved. Amen. What, 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 why do you get saved? Because you know where to run. As long as you read the word of God, you are saved. Because now you are in him. You Now you are in fellowship with him. But So the first thing is, submit yourself. And then, then you can resist the devil. Amen. Then you can resist the devil. When, no, you have all the authority in the world when you know this is what I'm supposed to do. But if you just choose to do whatever you want to do, you cannot. There is no strength in that. If you are in an army and you, they give you a gun, you can't just go out and shoot anyone and anything that you want to. You have to be under command. You have to be submitted to something because else you become, you become more dangerous. You become a problem than a, rather than a solution. This is why when, you know, <coughs> that, you know, for example, with healing and things like you know, now, the, the, the biggest issue is people, they are not a part of something. Okay, you say, we take this thing out of context, but I got Jesus. Yes, you got Jesus, but, but they say, there will be an effect of it. Okay, people say, oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but I, I just, I don't need to go anywhere, I don't need to have fellowship with anyone, so on. No, that's the truth. Jesus, he said, if you can't love the neighbor who you can see, how can you love God who you can't see? Amen? So, you know, it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's, only, it's only God, it's only God. It's only God. I, 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 I trust me, I met so many of them over the years. They, they, when, you know, the noise that comes out of their mouth sounds very holy and religious and so on, but there's no victory. And it's not because of the lack of knowledge, it's because the lack of relationship. They become an island to themselves and saying, oh, Jesus can speak to me. And he, he can. But, he, but if he speaks to you to be independent, now, are you sure it's Jesus? Yeah, but it sounds like Jesus. No, but we are, we are called the body of Christ. If they cut a finger off you and put, uh, throw it over into the corner, you can say, I'm still a finger, but that finger will die. Okay, so it's very important that you understand. The first thing is always make sure you are not isolated. This is the first thing the devil will do to you. He will isolate you. Because, and this is our flesh. Have you noticed when, when any of us, when we are not aware where we want to be, what is, what is our fleshly instinct? We withdraw. Now you become a Christian. What do we say now? I need to be alone with Jesus. But really, at the essence of it, we withdraw. Okay? That's why the Bible says we shall come together and encourage one another. And I said that encouragement is not about making you feel good. It's not about comforting your emotions. It is about putting courage back into you. That's what it means. You know, courage is, so, 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 say, uh, so you come to church and someone says, wake up! You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Nothing is impossible with you. You need to hear it. 
Amen. That's what encouragement is. It's not like, oh, oh you, you show up like something with Catherine for ordained. And when, and when you, oh, come, let me give you a hug. Oh, it's so nice. That's not encouragement. Okay? That's not encouragement. No, when you, when you come in like this, someone should look at you and say, stand up, stir up the gift that is within you. Amen. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You have a head and not the tail. Amen. Let's put the word of God back into you so now you start speaking it out again so rivers of living water comes out of your belly. Amen. But, oh, I don't know, always, one of the things I didn't like in church, I became a Christian, it was always hawking thing. So I come to church and when this fat person wants to hug me, I don't want to be hugged by you. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I was once in a church, and when the guy who had picked me up from the hotel said, we have to go in through that door, I said, why? Because there's this woman, she's got a hawking ministry. I said, I do not want to be hawked by her. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if your background has been someone who abused you or something, and now you have to have a hawk, you know, you will be traumatized the rest of your life. No, that's not encouragement. Amen. That's not encouragement. Encouragement is you are the head and not the tail. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, anything that is in the natural is subject to change. Amen. You know, the word of God is, a, I didn't know, did you know that? Have you, you heard the word blockbuster? I didn't know where this word came from. It actually, you know, we talk about it as a movie. Now, this is a blockbuster movie. But actually, where the word it was invented from was during World War II, it was a bomb that the British had that could wipe out a whole building. That was called a blockbuster. So now they adapted it to film. So when there's a blockbuster movie, it can empty a whole building because everyone goes and watches it. Okay? But the word of God in your mouth, in your action, is a blockbuster. The Bible says it can pull down strongholds. Amen. Every imagination. Now, where, where are the imaginations? In your head. What, what happens when people get a diagnosis? What happens when people feel the symptoms in their body? Imagination comes. Have you noticed we don't think in letters? When I say dog, you don't think, oh, dog, D-O-G. That's not how you think. You have an image of a dog. And some of you have an image of a little dog. And some of you have an image of big dog. Some of you have a... Okay. Now, for, for me to understand, for you to understand what, I, what dog I was thinking about, you need to know me. That's the same thing when God says to you, all things are possible. You need to know what God means. He means all things are possible. Okay. I don't care what you feel like when you wake up in the morning and uh, there's like a big... Uh, noise or whatever, oh, good, no, 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 don't think like that. Think like what God thinks of you. If God says you can do it, you can do it. Amen. If God says you are a victor, you are a victor. Courage is not the absence of fear. Do you understand? Courage is that despite of what you feel, you still do it. That's courage. Amen. And you know what? 
Don't trust your emotions. They lie to you all the time. They tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you are this better than the other. No, no, no. I am a believer. I am what the Word of God says I am. I can do what the Word of God says that I can do. I'm not, what I, I'm not a slave to my emotions. I'm not a slave to my feelings. I'm not a slave to my background. I'm not a slave to whatever the devil tried to put me in a box. I am a new creation in Christ, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And now you have to understand the strength of Christ. What is that? Resurrection power. The same power that lifted Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. Amen. And do you know, if you were reading Isaiah, where it talks about, that, I think, Isaiah 53, if you read in the King James Version, you actually see that Jesus died twice. Now, what I'm saying to you, some people may think, but no, he died physically. But you have to understand, he was not the first one who died physically. Before the cross, people died, and they, uh, the righteous people they came into what they called Abraham's bosom. But Jesus also died spiritually. And now you have to understand, die spiritually means you're absent from God. You know, it's the, you know, like you know, when 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 God said when, when Adam and Eve was told, if you eat of the fruit, you will truly die. When they ate of the fruit, they didn't just disappear, but they lost the connection. That is what it means to be spiritually dead. Okay, and but he had to do that. Why? Because at the time, hell was the uh, there was Abraham's bosom, and then there was hell. And you remember the the story about the rich man. That he could, they could see one another, and remember that uh, Sam, uh, Samuel, when he when when Saul called upon his spirit, it came up. It didn't come down because they couldn't. You couldn't go to heaven because Jesus hadn't died yet. But what what happened with Jesus? That all our sin was laid upon Jesus. All all, all the world's sin was laid upon him. That, that's why in Psalm twenty two he says, "What did he say on the cross? He didn't say." My father, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, God has to turn away from, God, from Jesus because all the world's sin was laid upon him. But it had to be done because now this is what the devil thought. Now I got him. So he pulled him into the lowest part of hell. Okay. He became the lowest of the lowest. And then, after three days, he had paid the price, but he was not a sinner. He was made sin. And when God said, you know, and when a voice from heaven comes, do you read about this in Hebrews? Uh, and, when, and after that, God says, to, uh, today, uh, now you are the begotten. So, so God pulled up Jesus from the lower pits of hell up to the right hand of the Father. What does that mean? That means if Jesus was made the lowest of lowest, anyone who comes to Jesus can be saved. What? And, and this is what I say about any other thing, about you know, that religions and whatever, Christianity, any other faiths, they have to lift up their God. Okay, they have, you know, we, we, they have to lift up their God. They have to please their God. But our God, through Jesus, 
became the lowest of the lowest and lifted all of us up. That's why I, with confidence, if you say to me, whatever you've done, I say, Jesus will forgive you if you confess. You say, why? Because he became the lowest of the lowest. Lowest of low. Can you, can, no, I, no, I can't even imagine it. All the sin of the world was laid upon him. That's why when we saw him on the cross, we couldn't recognize him. Because all that sin of uh, centuries uh, was laid upon him. The few, uh, past sins, future sins of mankind, it was all laid upon him. Okay? And that's why I know my God, he loves me. So now Jesus, he was not a sinner. He was made sin. You and I, we were born sinners, but we are made righteous when we receive his sacrifice. When we say, how do we receive his sacrifice? Say, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin. And you rose again for my righteousness sake. Okay, that's a gift. Have you noticed that you don't all, you know, so, so, so everything in my Christian life is nothing to do with me. Is all to do with him. And the great thing is, it cannot be changed. You know, the, you know one of the good news is he says, he became poor. I mean, many Christians stop there. I want to be like Jesus, I want to be, no. He became poor so that you could be made rich. He was broken so that you could be made whole. Amen. He was, by his stripes, you were healed. And now all these things, Isaiah talks about it in the future. We, as believers, we're talking about it has already happened. You know, we, we, I don't know, do we, do we call it the New Testament in English? New Testament, you know, when is the Testament ex executed? Yeah, except when he dies. So, if someone dies and you're in the will, testament, you get called into the lawyer because he's the one who's supposed to execute it, that the will is going to happen as the one who witnessed it. But the good thing about you and I is God, who, Jesus who wrote the testament, it was Jesus who died, and when he was roasting again, make sure that you get your share. But Moses said, no, no, I don't want something. I, I like to be poor. I like, I like not to have enough. I'm so holy not to have enough. I like, oh, I, I heard a stupid thing from someone. Oh, again, in a you have to be Christian to say things. So, so, so it was even a preacher. And so, it's not everyone that God can entrust with cancer. So idiot. You know, oh, God gave me to teach you something. Idiot. I, I, I know, oh, this happened to me, so God can teach you something. God does not use the devil to teach you something. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Not, 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 can you imagine when, when we kiss small? And we have to teach them about the traffic. Okay. Noah, run, run, run. And when Noah wants to run, run, and then God, bang. So, Noah, now you know. <laughs> you should look. <laughs> That's not how you are taught. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, now, and tomorrow, Jeremiah, tomorrow I'm going to teach you how electricity works. Bring your screwdriver. Can you see these holes there? Put it in there. <laughs> so, 
So now you know, don't do that. <laughs> That's not how, but this is how Christian things God teaches them. No, he teaches us by his word and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, when I say submit to God, don't, now I need to classify that word because now some people have the word submit. Uh, as some kind, you know, so you can either see someone uh, they have to pray, uh, do all sorts of religious exercises and whatever. No, that's not what I mean about submitting. It is about recognizing that without God, I'm nothing. You know, submission is not to degrade yourself. Do you understand? God does not. Jesus never degraded people. Religion will degrade people. Religion makes people do all sorts of stupid, idiotic things, okay? Yeah, I'm, why do you have to do, so, you know, I, so, you know, the Jews and the Muslims, why do they have to pray specific times of the day? Is that because God is on a break over other times of the day? So, so you have to make it on that time because all the times, they, you know, I'm busy. Okay, why, you know, one, this is one thing I, I, the Jewish people have forgotten, is that time. No, sorry, there's no. No, time is more important than space. Okay, so what I mean by that is that, that for example, for Jew, it's more important to hold the Sabbath this time than the temple place in Jerusalem. Oh, this place is holy. So does that mean that place is not holy? So what does it mean if God is everywhere? So how can one place be more holy than another place? If God is everywhere, no time is important. Okay, that the time that we spend with him is important. It's, it's not important where you spend it. So if you go to the North Pole, uh, I don't like it. It's too cold. God doesn't know. Time is important, not space. Anyway, um, so submit yourself then to God, and then you can resist the devil. If you read Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, it's all about men, uh, no, women submit to your own husband. Okay? Not to any husband. Just your own. Okay? It talks about children, how to behave towards their parents, and how parents should behave towards their children, and so on, and men and wife, and all these things. Have noticed, it's all about being a part of something. And then, in chapter 6, it comes, and then put on the full armor of God. But I've met many people who, they think, oh, I'm just going... You know, you know, I'm just horrified. Uh, so the way they think is spiritual warfare, but it's just imagination and fantasies. And we uh, bind this and stu- bind that and whatever. No, that is not what it's about. Resist the devil. How? With the word of God. Resist. So when you have symptoms, whatever, learn, make it a habit. Make it a habit. Let the word of God come out. You know, because the word produces what it says. So how many times should I say it? Just keep saying it. Have you noticed the river don't just run every once in a while? It runs. 
And now it says with us. It doesn't say without. It was in plural. Means the more of the word of God you get into your life, the more you're speaking it, the more you're acting upon it, you can end up not just creating a river, you can create a sea. Amen. And this is what we are supposed to do. This is how we support one another, is giving the word of God. So reminding us, because I'm telling you, even if you know it, you still need to hear it. And sometimes because the pressure upon us physically can be strong, now you have a brother or a sister who can speak the word to you. And you will be strong and overcome. Amen. This is why Christianity is not a religion. It's relationship. It's not about, well, but because of we have adapted a lot of religious things. You know that praise and worship is not to please God. Do you, do you understand? Praise and worship is because we have recognized God is already pleased with us. Amen. We are praise and prayer is not to gain the attention with God. I, I learned that, you know, that when I became a Christian, prayer was for me negotiation. Okay? So, God, if you do this, I will do that. No, like, like if I could, but, but it was how, no, prayer is, I recognize in his presence, there's answers for everything. Did you know, did you know what, what, what was the revelation I got? The moment, that, no, with, with, the moment you confess your sin, that's not the time God found out about it. I, I, that was a big revelation for me. I said, after, oh God, there's something I need to tell you. No, the moment you confess your sin is when you get rid of it. Amen. That's where you get, okay, oh, I, I can't say that to God. Why? Because God will be sure. Like if he did not know. <laughs> now, God, I have to tell you something. Yes, Kurt, what is that? You know, God, I did this. You did that? It's like if now the whole thing, you know, now God, Kurt, Kurt, come back tomorrow. Now, now God needs a break. He needs a rest because it's too overwhelming what you have done. It's not, no, it's when, when I confess my sin, that's where I get rid of it. Amen. Okay. In uh, John 8.32, you shall, no, you better read it. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, truth is not fake facts. Truth, gee, what did he say? I am the way, the truth, the truth. Jesus is the truth. Okay? Jesus is the truth. You shall know the truth. When you know Jesus, when you know Jesus, you are free. Amen? You, you shall know the truth. But, but because we're living in a Western world where we worship the intellect, we worship the... We all, no, so we think the truth is something like 2 plus 2 is 4. You know, that's how we define truth. Until when I did accounting, the first, you know, this, I think this is every accounting class, the first thing you say, what is two plus two? I mean, four! 
I mean, my teacher said, no, it can be anything you want it to be. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. When you know the truth, Jesus, you know, I grew up as, for example, the, the way they approached uh, things in the Bible, the way I grew up as a Christian was that, for example, if you need healing, and let's say, just for the sake of example, there's 150 scriptures in the Bible about healing. I don't know if it is or not, but just for the sake of example. So if I knew 10 healing verses, uh, you, I don't know, I'm not a math genius. So, 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 so that percentage of chance was for me to be healed. But if I got to know 10 more scriptures now, wow. So now the likelihood of me being healed was even higher. And if I knew all of them, now I should be healed. That's not how it works. No, because you shall know the truth, Jesus. No, I don't need to know everything that Jesus knows as long as I know him. And as long as I know him, walking with him, trusting in him, whatever he knows will benefit me. And what he knows is far beyond what I know. That's called faith. Amen. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But many people reading this as the truth about healing and the moment I know all the healing scriptures, now I will be healed. But I'm telling you, that's not how it works. You shall know him, Jesus, knowing you know him. Now you will be set free. So, so that's why if you need healing, you don't just read the Bible. You can read Leviticus, you can read all the curses or whatever, just read the Bible. And I'm telling you, the truth shall set you free. But because we've gone to this, you know, when I started out with, with prosperity thing, you know, but I that was really the wrong time to start out starting prosperity. Start, started prosperity on payday. Okay? Because when I started prosperity, it was because I, I needed something. And everything I read was give. I said, what? That's not what I want to know. I want to be receiving. But everywhere I read, it said, give, 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 give. Okay? But I shall know the truth. And he will provide. He is the Lord. What is Psalm 23? One, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. All my needs are made in, in glory in Christ Jesus. Why? So, so, so I don't need to worry as long as I know him. As long as I fellowship with him. And the way I do it is reading the word of God. Reading the word of God. Don't approach the word for knowledge. We approach the word for nutrition. When you eat, are you, do, do, I, don't know, I don't know about it. But do, when you're eating, do you, how many calories is in that? Numbers, numbers, numbers. You don't, you don't, you don't eat for for knowledge of the food. You eat for nutrition's for your body. The same thing. Don't study the word of God for, just to encourage your brain. No, study reading the word of God to feed your spirit. Just like your body needs physical food, your spirit needs spiritual food. That's why Jesus, what is, what is one of the things he said about himself? I am the living bread. Paul says the word of God is milk. Other times he says it's meat. 
What he's talking about? It feeds your spirit. Smith Wigglesworth, he said something like, uh, I don't think he was a big man, tall man. And he said, I'm 10 times bigger on the inside than on the outside. No, you have a spirit. You know, you have to understand you are a spirit, not a ghost, a spirit. And you have a soul who lives in a body. Your body is not you. That's just your contact point to this earth. When you are absent from your body, you are in the presence of God. So that's why it will be interesting when we meet one another in heaven, we probably wouldn't be able to recognize one another unless your spirit looks like you. I don't know. So someone who is very small will be, so Yen, he's still probably seven foot tall in his spirit. <laughs> Actually, height is nothing. You know, I found out circumstances. Yeah. Now, when I grew up in Denmark, I was a dwarf. Okay? All my friends, you know, like, uh, no, I was a dwarf, basically. When I came to England, I'm a giant. <laughs> like when I played badminton, it was terrible. I have these guys who are six foot plus with arms where there was like, you know, that was over their shoulders. Yeah. So when we play badminton, it's a big sport in Denmark. So, 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 so those I played, they, they could just stand one point because my arms were so long. <laughs> Me, well, and, then, and then him. And then I, I, you know, I was exhausted even before the first set was over because there was so long. I, I was really small when I came to England. Mm. Now I've suddenly grown. No, circumstances changed, and I'm telling you, anything in the natural, anything in the natural that you see is subject to change. In the Second Corinthians, this is the last verse of Second Corinthians four eighteen. I'm reading from the Amplified here, but it's so we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen, for the things which are visible, for the things which are visible are temporal. Anything in the natural is not consistent, it's subject, it is subject to be changed. How do you change it? With the word. Amen. Things which are visible are temporal. When it says, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. Amen. So whatever in the natural, Always know it is subject to be changed. And the word of God can change the natural. We see that in Genesis chapter 1. It's darkness. And God says, let there be light. He changed the natural by the word. And you know what? In the, if I, I think it's, it's Ephesians 5, 1, I think it's, it says, also in the Amplified, that we shall imitate God. So what it does it mean? Copy him. Do what he does. Do what he does. So now, start speaking to your circumstances. Don't say, oh, I'm depressed, I'm discouraged, I'm this, I'm this. No. Whatever you feel, don't say that, as you said to heard me say two Sundays ago, or whatever it was. Don't call the cat if you want the dog. Amen. 
Don't say what you got. Say what you want. So, oh, we're so good at oh, oh, I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. I'm discouraged. Oh, whisper to me. Oh, I'm concerned. So they were, no, no, no. You should say, I have a peace of God. He will perfect that which strengthens me. Amen. He goes before me. He is behind me. I am safe. I am secure. No matter what, if, even if your hair stands up on your back, just say, I am bold. Amen. Hallelujah. But devil cannot see. No, it, it's so funny. You know, from a devil's point of view, when you're born again, when you're saved, you look like Jesus. Amen. How does the devil know it's not Jesus? Because of what comes out of your mouth. Oh, I feel this cow. The devil says, oh. It's not Jesus. Oh, look at this car. I'm nobody. I'm useless. I mean, it's, it's not Jesus. Come, come, let's depression and whatever. No. So, so if you don't have, if you can't speak the word of God, better to keep quiet. The Bible says in Proverbs, even the fool who stays silent looks like a wise man. Have you noticed that? It's the, oh, no, that was, no, that's another joke. I'm, I, I will keep that for another time. So don't be discouraged. You know what he's saying? If, if life hands your lemons, make lemonade. No, but you and I, we got everything that we need today to make our life the way you, you imagine it. You are not in lack of the Holy Spirit. You're not in lack of the Word of God, meaning the wisdom of God. You're not in lack of a help from God. You've got everything. Everything. Not tomorrow, not one day. Faith is now. Amen. I'm not going to get it. I got it. Someone, a woman I met once when I was preaching in a church, she said, she, she came to me. I had two days meeting. Yesterday I went home. I was so mad. Well, so far, what did I say? That was my first thought. I said, I was so mad. I didn't. I have had this for all these years, and the devil had managed to deceive me into believing I was, I was going to get it. And now I realize I got it already. And so do you. You know, when you look at unsafe family members, so don't look at them and say, Oh, I want you to be saved. I want you to be saved. Oh, my. No. You. You make your confession, say, in the name of Jesus, me and my household shall be saved. And I don't care about what I see with my eyes. I don't care what I feel or what I do. You, you and my household shall be saved. That's what you say, you and my house. And you know, house is not family alone. You know, in the English school system, when I remember Matthew and Hannah, when we went to school, they belonged to a certain house you and your house so you know but you can include anyone in that amen you can include anyone but what do we do we pray according to what we see no you pray you can you proclaim according to what you believe so you see someone in your family who behaves you just say you are a holy person Amen. Yeah, but wait, did this business? You are a holy person. 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 Don't say, oh, you are a dirty little 
sinner if you don't repent now you know if he comes to you now say what god says don't pray according to your emotions don't pray according to you know pray according to the word of god no, when you go to prayer meetings or we pray for the city, have you heard? It's like one one hour of unbelief. You know, but just he have already saved them. They just don't realize it yet. Okay, why don't why don't we realize it? Because most churches will tell you, if we turn or burn. Where are you going if Jesus is coming tonight? Oh, are you going up or are you going down? Down, down. Ooh. Okay, no, you need to, people need to know their sin has been paid for. Receive it. Amen. That's what we need to hear. We are not, you know, you don't need to tell a person who met Jesus, you don't need, you, you, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't, you don't need to tell a person who met Jesus. It comes natural. You don't need to say to someone who is in love, you need to be happy. Amen. You don't need to say to someone when you get a good grade, rejoice. It comes natural. The saving. All these things that Christianity have fallen into, we don't need to spend time on that because it comes natural when you met Jesus. What is the first thing, one of the first things I experienced when I became a Christian was joy. Amen. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. No one needs to come to me when I met Jesus. You need to be happy. I was like, I'm so happy. The sun was shining. The, I even, everything was just more nice. Why? Because I had met Jesus. Amen. I don't need to be told, Kurt, now, no, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. No one needed to tell me these things. And actually, it's nothing to do with Christianity, really. It's just good behavior. Okay? No, I received him as my Savior and Lord. Amen. So, John, you could, uh, I'll just do that as a reference. John 15, 19, 20, I, where said, I only do what my Father has shown me. It talks about relationship. It talks about relationship. As I said, all of us, how did we learn to cook? If you cook, some, okay, you, you learned it by observing your parents. If you grow up in a Filipino family, you most likely don't eat... Uh, Frog legs, do you? <laughs> no, you know, you're eating what you have observed. You learn to cook what you have observed. You know, when you leave home, I don't know, maybe, but most families, they don't hand you out a cooking book. No, when you're on your own, you, you, you start remembering what you have seen at home and start cooking this. Amen? And that's the same way we learn we know how do we see? We see in the Word of God. I see, oh, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. I do. And don't worry if it doesn't work out well the first time. You didn't, the first time you cooked, you didn't cook a gourmet meal and a Michelin restaurant called you and say, oh, we've got a job for you. 
you learn by doing. Amen. You learn by doing. You learn by doing. You learn by doing. And the same thing is for Jesus. You know, go get beyond this thing about, you know, the Bible talks about a spirit of excellence. But I think many people interpret it as a spirit of perfection. But excellence is not perfection. Excellence is that you never give up. Do you understand? Excellence is you don't give up. It's not that everything is perfect. No, perfection is based in fear. God knows we are not perfect. Amen. Oh, I can see you're shocked. You didn't know. <laughs> no, that's why he sent Jesus. Amen. But we think excellence is perfection. No, excellence is I do not quit. And you know what the good thing is? God never quits on you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. You are faithful. You are righteous. And the good work you've started in each one of us, you will complete.